Everything good? Wilfred Padua, what's up, buddy? What's up, Chad? How's it How going, you man? You and I, uh, we met at that show in the East Village, what was it, like four months ago now, man. And I see you all yeah. over the place. So how you been? I'm good, man. Staying busy. Yeah, you just said you're in the process of looking for apartments. So does that no. mean you're for sure moving? I, I said I'm a mover. Oh. Uh. <laughs> As my day job. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Under, uh, dude, a lot of comics do that. Yeah, there's a lot in our company. Right, okay. Maybe 40% of the company. Why is that? Because that's just like the day job and it's quick and it's a, sign up for much. It's pretty, it's not easy money. It's a tough job, but uh, you create your own schedule. It's like uh, you create your own schedule last minute too. Cause you're just putting in your avails for the week. So really like it's very flexible it's like comedy. Yeah. And then, uh, usually it's like a good amount of money for only like four hours of work. So, uh, it's as it's a tough four hours, but it's not a whole day. You're also working out the entire time. You're though. also you got, working if out. If you like put it in that type of mind frame, you don't even yeah. really need a gym membership. You're just moving stuff up and down. That's so funny when you said you're moving, you're a mover. I thought you meant that you were like actually moving apartments. But I imagine that you move into apartments with walk-ups like All every single day, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, my, yeah, my knees are really aching like all the time. Uh, I, I feel like Charles Barkley on his like last season. <laughs> Has this gotten you more <laughs> into fitness though, the moving job? No, I'd say I work out way less. Because I work out so hard at work. Right. So all I do outside of that is stretch and then uh, push-ups because my chest uh, right. looks like the, an 11 Yeah, the chest <laughs> would suffer a little bit just from like the moving. But the legs are probably fresh. Legs look you good. got a good set. Oh, yeah. Legs are... I got, I got some good gams. <laughs> nice, dude. So coming in from Bushwick, I used to spend a lot of time in Bushwick. Actually, in my previous life, when I used to work at my dad's company, uh, I was like a property manager out there on Madison Street okay. and um, White, Myrtle Wyckoff right over there. Yeah. So I'm familiar with the Bushwick area. Are you out there a lot also for comedy? Uh, not so much anymore. I've recently, like, since we met, I became, uh, I got passed at a few clubs. Yeah, I know, man. I think that's also why and I'm then, seeing you a lot more, which yeah. is great. And then I've just, uh, like lost touch with the, like with the entire Brooklyn scene, uh -huh. which I don't like. I don't like that. Uh, like, well, first of all, I do love clubs way more. I belong in clubs more than I do, uh, at like, you know, some bar, bar shows with yeah. 22 year olds at it. So there's that. I do like clubs more, but Brooklyn, Bushwick, like they push you in a different way. And uh, like the other day, I bombed at a gay bar where everyone was like 22. And they had me headline. I did like 20, you know, headline. I'm using quotes. Uh, and I bombed. Because every joke that I said, I mean, you've heard me do stand up. It's not, I'm not trying to be woke. I try to talk about, I make fun of social issues. Every joke that I said made them think I was like more of a Breitbart guy <laughs> than ever. And at the end of the set, I, you know, I, I get off stage and everyone's leaving and no one's, everyone's like averting eye contact with me. <laughs> and this is in Bushwick or like Williamsburg. This is in Bushwick. This is like three blocks from my house. So all of the, I have to see all those people on, like while I get groceries. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, I'm bought, I bomb. Right. And first of all, every time I bomb and there's only a specific demographic 
I hate that entire demographic for like 12 hours. But like, you also don't feel bad about it. You like kind of know that, oh, this is a specific type of audience that wouldn't even get the privilege of laughing at your jokes. I, uh, well, here's where, what I, the, the day after I, I do these like uh, free writes and the day after I was uh, free writing about that show. And I realized that I don't have empathy for woke 21 year olds. And that is why when I go on stage, there's already like this animosity that's in me mm. and I'm not, you know, trying, I'm not starting with that or anything, but it's in me. And I think they, there's something they can sense that's, uh, that where they look at me and I'm not enjoying myself as much as I would if I were at a club or something. Do you feel like that's because they maybe haven't experienced as much life as they should before trying to attempt to be woke? Yeah. So are you you're asking why I'm, yeah. Why you feel that, that way? Version? Sure. I think it's because, uh, well, okay. So I've worked in education for like 10 years. Oh, what'd you do? I was like a social worker, like, uh, uh, did after school programs, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and my view on like, uh, politics and, uh, first of all, I think these woke kids are right. They have the right answers. Uh, they're just annoying in how they're, they're, uh, they're saying that. And how they right? portray it, sure. So, like, uh, I'm totally on their side, but I hate the way that they're, like, they treat people who don't know what they know. So, my mind is, like, you have to treat, like, uh, like, you can't just expect everyone to be at calculus. You have to teach them math from the very beginning. So... Uh, and there's, uh, that's what, what my aversion is to like, th- uh, these kids is that they are at calculus and being like, why isn't anyone else at calculus? So what I need to do is figure out how to like develop empathy towards the youth as opposed to just being natural. Like, cause my, I think my net initial thing is I go on stage and I go Ugh, like in my heart and then, uh, and then that's where and then we, we're going from there. Yeah. Well, being in Bushwick, I mean, it's a great place to start to develop some sort of empathy because like those are the people who the most part are living in Brooklyn in droves, right? Like the young 20 year olds, yeah. people who just got out of college, maybe right out of college. Where did you grow up initially? Seattle. Okay. And when did you come to New York? Uh, 2018. And that was when you were still working Actually, in the social my, work? Yesterday was my four year anniversary. Oh, Mazel Tov, bro. Okay, yeah. cool. You moved right to Bushwick though from Seattle? I moved to Bed-Stuy and I really fuck with Bed-Stuy. Yeah. I like Bed-Stuy as a neighborhood. They're, uh, they are adults. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I also feel, so for whatever reason, I just feel more comfortable gentrifying a black neighborhood. Yeah. I and also, I feel like Bedside was kind of, was Bedside maybe more gentrified before Bushwick, would you say? Or kind of happened right around the same time? All the I, white kids just kind of came in. I'll be honest, I don't know uh, the history of, like, the the way that Brooklyn has changed. So well, it started with Williamsburg. And yes. then I think it just and Williamsburg branched is done. out. We're right. do, they've, they've really finished Williamsburg and it's expensive now. I mean, just as expensive as Manhattan. Yeah. And I think Bushwick is going to be the next Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. I have an apartment that is uh, rent stabilized. Oh, wow. So lucky. Uh, I'm just waiting for these kids, these blue haired kids to get priced out. <laughs> <laughs> Their rent's going to go from 2300 to 4000 yeah. overnight. Well, I mean, and a lot of rent has like went that way in the last month. Yeah. 
Yeah, it really has, especially since like the pandemic, I don't want to say it's over, but I'll put in quotation marks is slowing down significantly. Like I saw on New York one today that no public masks are required on uh, public transportation anymore. Oh, which really? Is, yeah. Which is a big step. I so, thought that that went down like six months yeah, ago. Yeah, dude, me too. And then I, I saw it on New York one. I was like, oh, okay. Now we don't have to wear masks. People so obviously wearing masks all over the place. So you grew up here? Yeah, I grew up in the city. So I was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, spent six weeks there, and then both my parents had jobs in the city, so I moved here. I was okay. six weeks old. Where'd you grow up? In Greenwich Village. Okay. So right in that area, it's so like right across the street from a fire station. It used to be so different back in the day, man. Now it's yeah. probably one of the most expensive neighborhoods in New York. That's the thing. Like I, uh, my idea of New York before I moved here was like all this diversity and different cultures and every like it was i when i had visited i was like oh this is like the most diverse place like i can't afford to travel well did you I, did you visit before 2018 before you came over oh, here yeah, yeah yeah and you were a social times. worker when you initially came to new york when i uh i was a social work i quit the social work stuff to move to new york so uh yeah back then i was like oh i want to move to new york because it's the most it's the one place where i can live and just experience that diversity. And then now that I live here, there's like maybe four different cultures. <laughs> just, you know, white people, black people, Chinese, Dominican, yeah. <laughs> Puerto Rican. How do you feel you fit in in the mix in the New York scene? Oh, you mean like comedy? comedy and living? I think New York is uh, the place that I will be the happiest. Love that. Uh, and I'm hearing that and Seattle where you were at, was it like raining a lot? I know Seattle has that kind of reputation. Yeah. Like yesterday's weather was, uh, Seattle for like nine months. Okay. Um, but that isn't my issue with Seattle. My issue with Seattle is like the lack of diversity. The, uh, I don't like it when some, when, uh, a town or like, you know, a community is progressive without any diversity. You were born and raised there, raised there, born in, uh, Dallas, Texas, but we moved to Seattle before I turned three, so I have no memories. And you went to high school there? Went to high school, went to college there. Uh, I moved away for two years to get an MFA in Chicago and then moved back and like took comedy seriously. I saw on your website you said somewhere in Chicago. Do you care to get specific here? Where I mean, in it, Chicago? School of the Art Institute of Chicago, but I, the reason why I say somewhere in Chicago is because I don't like the school and I don't want them to take any credit oh, for my wow. success. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> what made you not like the school where you were going to? The writing program, it's, it's it, like, like... diversity issues? No, it's more that like the... Um, the... Like, it's a very well-renowned art school. And I think for visual arts and performing arts, the writing program is definitely like not as built out. And as I was, when I was there, I like was like, they were interested in me because I was, I wanted to do like comedy in a general sense. Well, were you a theater major in college? No, I was a writing major. Um, so I was like, I want to do like performative writing in general, but it's obviously going to have a comedic lean because that's where I want where I want to like be in the future. And when I was there, I was just like, I wish that someone had told me to drop out the whole time because I learned very little from being there. The only thing I, I learned was like, I, I have work ethic and that's it. Like I can finish a, a huge piece of writing. Um, but well, were you motivated to finish those pieces of writing or were you just like proud of yourself for being able to finish something that maybe you weren't so passionate about at that particular time? I wasn't uh, proud of the writing. 
I just had deadlines that I had to meet. You're like, okay, cool. I can, I can like, I, I oh, I have to pass deadlines. I can't leave the school until I have a thesis together. So I have to write all that. And did you pay for the two years out of your own pocket? Oh, I mean, uh, I'm still paying for it. <laughs> Biden, you know, uh, giving us that $10,000 break. Pretty, uh, pretty helpful. Uh, I haven't checked in on that yet, but uh, I'm assuming it'll come my way. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So besides coming to New York from Seattle, was there like an, a comedy bug that brought you here? You kind of saw New York as where everyone comes if they were trying to make oh, something yeah. in entertainment or Well, theater. I mean, I was in Seattle. Uh, there were um, one of my good friends, Andy Haynes, uh, was living in you know Andy, cool. L.A. And he came to New York for like a few months just because he, I think he was just like in a weird place. Uh, like had gone through a breakup trying to figure out like, and he was like having issues with his roommate at the time. So he, he came to New York for like a couple months. He hits me. And the plan was I was going to move to LA and live with Andy. We were going to have like uh we were going to be roommates. This is right after you finished school in Chicago. This was uh 20 beginning of 2018. So I, I graduated from Chicago uh, from school with the art Institute in 2013. So I've been in Seattle for like five years. Andy and I have been friends since like 2011. Just like he, he comes into town. Uh, he lets me open for him. Like uh, there, he took me on the road for a little bit. Um, so he's like, let's move to LA. But then he goes to New York uh, just to like, see what life is like. And he's like, I love it here. Wow. It's that's so, and, and he's from Seattle as well. He's also from Seattle. Yeah. So Andy was like, uh, before we moved to LA, you should visit me stay with me in New York and then just do this for a week. And so Andy like sets me up with some shows. Like I didn't realize I was like having the best week of shows ever. I was just like, Oh, these are really cool shows. Like, uh, but I came here and every show, what would happen is everyone is watching me with their arms crossed. Like who is, who is this guy? And then I, I was like, and I was always, I was very conscious of it. So I was like hitting them hard, right? Well, like my best joke right away. And I could see everyone's arms unfold. Listen up. And afterwards, people were like, you know, we're, I was just hanging out with comics. That doesn't happen in any other comedy scene that, I, that I've, well, at least not in L.A., where, like, people hang out and spend time. So after shows, I would, like, uh, go and, like, comics would be like, let's go uh, have a drink or whatever. And I was like, this is where I need to be. Because I felt like I, ha I can access New York's comedy scene and didn't feel like I had access, uh, wasn't sure how I would access LA's. So I chose to move here. Is that just because of the logistics in, a, in LA? Um, cause I feel like, uh, I moved here with no clout, no, nothing but comedic ability. Uh, and in New York, I could get on stage more often and I can show people that I know how to do this. And I, I feel like I'd probably still be like four years behind career wise uh, if I had moved to LA as opposed to New York in New York, we always talk about here, how you can get up on stage. I mean, it's really unlimited. You can get up three times a night, seven days a week. So you can get on stage yeah. 20 plus times a week in LA. I mean, people are lucky to get on stage 20 times in a month, yeah. especially like traveling from one part of town to another part of town here. You just hop on the subway, you're in Bushwick, whatever you take the Jay Z 
to another part of Queens and then you're there, you go to Brooklyn. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to travel. Did you mesh initially with the comedy scene after this great first week in comedy or how long did it take you to be comfortable in New York to be like, Oh, okay. I'm a working guy here. Um, I want to say like eight months, maybe. I moved here and I did like Bushwick open mics and I fucking hated it. <laughs> I was like going up. Did you ever do Laughing Buddha, Lower East Side? Uh, not until I was like maybe six months into uh, being here. But I would uh, do like Pine Box and, you know, they, they, they put you up in groups. And I would always go up fifth group because no one knew who I was. All, the, all those open mics are rigged. Uh, so well, what happened in this particular open mic? Cause I'm not familiar with it. So, uh, you know, they, they've got their groups. Uh, it's like first group is all the comics that they were just like, yeah, we'll throw you up right now. Uh, and then it just like go trickles all the way down to people that they've never met. I, you know, uh, maybe know one or two people in this entire, like in all of Brooklyn. <laughs> so I go to these open mics. I'm there alone. Uh, didn't take any friends with me or anything. And I, you know, I'm going up fifth group. There are a couple times where they're like, oh, we're running out of time. So fifth group, you only get a minute and a half. What? A and, minute and a half? And you're doing a minute and a half half to a like, song? <laughs> to like four people that are looking at their phones. And I was just like, I fucking hate this. But uh, my good friend, this is my first friend in New York, Tom Delgado, uh, was like, let's hang out at shows together. And he like showed me around and people started like, and then I saw that that was the route. Um, because at Pine Box, I was doing comedy with other 24 year, with 24 year olds. I'm 36. I moved here at the age of 32 and I like wanted to be, I, I, when I was hanging out with Tom, he was introducing me to other people our age. And I was like, Oh, these are the people that I should be around. The people that like, uh, are my age that understand me. And so that kind of became a shift. And then eventually I started getting like, People like throw me up on a show last minute. And then uh, like I got passed at a club uh, at Eastfield. That was my first club that I got passed at. Um, so that like became the beginning of it. And then uh, the next October, I won Boston Comedy Festival. So, And then that really helped with everything kind of like cleared uh, the path for me. How comfortable are you on stage right now? If somebody was like, all right, Wilfred, do as much time as you'd like or as much time as you want to do. I I'd have a great time. I don't know. No, no. I mean, like, how much time? How much time would I do? Yeah, you'd have a great time. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, you mean like how? So how like much time you, would if, I want to? Yeah. It depends on like it, well, how much time are you comfortable doing? Like thirty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty five. Do forty five comfortably. Cool. And are you touring at all around other parts of the United States? Doing that forty five yeah. here and there. Yeah. Like I'm going to be in Minneapolis uh, next month. Cool. Uh, just came back from Seattle. What's that at Acme out there? No, I'm going to be at uh, the Comedy Corner Underground. October something. I don't know the date. We'll check it out. We'll keep it posted 21, on, uh, on your maybe? Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. What's been the highlight of your comedy career so far in New York? In New York? You know, okay. So uh, it's hard to like always... Uh, stay positive about things. Absolutely, bro. Especially in this game, because it's a day, it's a day to day roller coaster. I and feel you're constantly like. seeing everyone else's wins because that's all that we're posting on sure. Instagram. Sure, right? yeah. But my so I remember uh, talking to my therapist in Seattle before I moved here. And how old were you this time? Thirty one, I think. And um, and 
I was saying, I said something, I don't recall what the question was, but she said, uh, but I said, uh, my goals in New York are to one, be a part of comedy as the art form evolves. Like, so I want to, as it's changing, cause it's changed a lot from like, you know, Eddie Murphy to now as it's growing and changing. It's also kind of interesting though. You saw that pre pandemic to say something like that, to think of something like that. Yeah. I feel like it, it's become way more obvious since the pandemic kind of came since live performances have come back. I mean, yeah. So I was like saying like, let's, uh, I want to, I love this art form so much. I want to change with, I want to be with it as it grows. Um, and the, my, so that, that is like a really, uh, like in the clouds type of goal. Like who knows if that, if I'm even doing that. Um, but the only, the one goal that is a little bit more, uh, concrete is I wanted to be, uh, respected by the comedians that I respect. And I feel like that is a thing that I have accomplished. Like all these comics that I've looked up to since I was like studying comedy, uh, so, you know, like 2013, 2014. These are now like my friends and they have me like open up for them all the time and they want me to host their shows all the time. So it's like, and like, uh, some of them will be like, Oh, Wilfred, I need help on this joke. And they're like six other comics around. They're like, Wilfred, I need help. on. I was like, that's like the highest compliment. To yeah, me. that's great. So having moments like that, uh, really, uh, those are my wins. What happened to you during the pandemic? Do you go back to Seattle? You I tough stayed. it out here in Bushwick? Oh, I toughed it out and I had a great time. What kind of things were you doing career wise? Well, okay. So beginning of the pandemic, uh, let's say what, May? Uh, no, March, March, 2020. March, 2020. I did nothing for about three weeks. Uh, then I started a zoom show like a weekly with, uh, with some friends and it was just us talking. Like it was me. Uh, I don't know if you know, TJ, uh, Matt Wayne, Pat Schroeder, and then our buddy Dan Foote, who passed away. So us five were just uh, were just talking, and then we like had an audience. It was like a live podcast, and we should have turned it into a podcast, but no one had the like, no one had the drive to uh, to switch it over. But so we're doing this like live podcast and uh, developed a fan base through that. So that I, I was doing that for a while, and then I do a Zoom show, like once a week outside of that, uh, which was kind of cool. Cause you get to do a zoom show in LA and like do comedy in front of like San Francisco comics or whatever. And like, so you got to tour without moving, um, from your Bushwick apartment. Yeah. Uh, Bed-Stuy. bed, -Stuy bed -Stuy, Sorry. Um, but yeah, so I had like three months alone, just like smoking weed and, uh, so you loved it. I had a good three months. Uh, cause I had a month off and then I realized I gained like 10 pounds and oh, month. wow. Yeah. And then, uh, I got back on the moving trucks cause everyone was moving. Everyone was leaving the city. So, uh, a lot of work to be so had. there was a lot of work. Uh, and so I got on the moving trucks and, uh, so like during the day I was like doing these moving jobs and then had no pressure. Like the, that's actually one of the shitty parts about the job is like, you'll have a job. Uh, a moving job and you're only paid by the job. It's not, you're not there for a certain amount of hours. You're there until the job is done. Like a particular so, apartment has moved out. Yeah. Moved out and you're moved in. You've moved in completely into their new apartment. So, uh, I'd be stressed about time because I have a spot that night. That's what, uh, life um, used and, to be like. Right. And you didn't know if it was gonna take three hours or five hours. Yeah. 
And so I'm like, I need to get home so I could like take a nap after this uh, entire experience, like drink a bunch of water, get some coffee, then go to my spot and be alive for that. And, uh, but during the pandemic, no spots. So no, I was just on a moving truck. It's like, oh, let's go home whenever the fuck we want to go home. <laughs> like, uh, let's take our time. Let's enjoy it. Like I was really enjoying, uh, like hanging out with my coworkers and everything. So it was a good time. Nice man. Craziest moving story. We'll talk a little bit about that day job you're referring to. Um, let's see. Craziest that I have. Yeah. Or craziest that I've heard. Bro, both. We got time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the craziest that I have is not, uh, I guess it's not the, maybe it's that, uh, there was a girl that like, uh, was very attracted to me. Uh, just very hot girl. She's like 20, she's 25 at the time. <laughs> uh, like followed me on Instagram after the move. And then we were like, we like had sex for a long time <laughs> like some of the best sex of my life <laughs> just from a move i don't we were just like hitting it off i don't know how many movers usually go per apartment though i guess it's probably different between two bedrooms depends one on bedroom. the depends on the size this of particular apartment. situation like With your this, yeah sure here this would be two movers two yeah all right uh and then like uh if it's you know it could be two to three two to six it what depends. about when you met this girl is two of you there's three of us um and so that's probably my personal, cra- but it's, so it's like, not, no, not that crazy. We well, like made a lifelong up. friend. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll all went well there. <laughs> uh, I have, here's the, uh, the craziest story that I, that like first thing that popped up was, uh, my buddy moved this couple, uh, no, he moved this woman who was, uh, going through a divorce and out uh, of her husband's apartment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so they're breaking up. And there's apparently a restraining order that's uh, that was filed. And oh wait, I have another crazier story. Uh, there's a, a, a restraining order that was filed, and uh, so they had cops present the whole time. And my bro- my buddy was like, it was so tense because the guy was just had like hovering over us, being making sure that we weren't picking up any of his stuff. And it was it, so that's one story. This is a, another story. Uh, this is the craziest. Uh, I think that. Uh, of all of the stories. My friends are moving um, this, uh, like this girl out of uh, this apartment, but she's not at the original apartment. She's at, she's only at the, uh, the, the new one, the new one. So uh, she's, she, they go to the, the original apartment. Uh, her roommate is there. It's really tense. It's really weird. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you see a lot of roommate spats like that. But anyway, yeah. keep going. Uh, there's a dog, uh, there, like, it's just a weird situation. Um, they move over to the, the next apartment. Also weird. Both of the roommates do? No, no, no. One roommate. So, uh, this one girl is moving out of this apartment. Uh, they go over to the next apartment. Uh, also weird. Don't really understand what's going on. Like, uh, uh, it's just a strange vibe. And then my buddy Googles the girl that moved out. Uh, and uh, apparently she was arrested and uh, for having sex with her previous roommate's dog. She got caught on like a nanny cam or some shit like that. And uh, Having sex with the, her roommate's dog? Yeah. <laughs> 
No. Yeah, dude. And she didn't go to jail. She was just like swiftly moving out, and it was all good. I think she she got arrested or something. I don't know. I I don't know all <laughs> the legal uh, having the, sex with the dog. Yeah. So she inserted the dog's wiener. I don't into know. Her. I, I didn't see the video. <laughs> they didn't have a clip. <laughs> yeah. The New York Post clip below. <laughs> that is why. How old were they? Uh, I think they were. In her, she that was. Uh, she was like twenty four. She and she was like a cute Asian girl. That was she could have been your type, otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> she's like a cute Asian girl. It's like, uh, and then having sex with a dog when she could have gotten laid by any dude in Brooklyn. Yeah, dude, <laughs> especially one of the movers, maybe. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is a nuts story. Yeah, and I'm sure you. Do you remember her name? Obviously, you don't have to say it here on the podcast. I I'm just curious. I, I personally, because I never looked her up. Oh, your boy looked. It this up. is my buddy's move. So I heard this story. Uh, okay, maybe like eight months. She after. was moving out because she had sex with her roommate's dog. Yes, <sighs> that is insane, man. New York, you hear crazy stories. Anything nuts going on in Bushwick these days? Sometimes there's some shenaniganery going on over there late at night. I don't, you know, I don't watch local news. Uh, I, I don't. That. I don't have uh, here because I like New York. And I don't want to not like New York. Yeah, sure. So I don't have, I don't watch local news. Okay. I don't have like uh, the citizen app on oh, my yeah, phone. Dude, fuck that up. I don't want to just look at, I also don't want to look at New York through a lens of crime because that's what New York one is. That's what uh, well the citizen app is. So I just want to enjoy myself. I'll get mugged. Who cares? <laughs> I'll get mugged. But it's never like, it's not like the citizen app is going to like keep me safe. Like it, whatever, like the knowledge of like, like or the holding that fear is not going to help me so i'm just like uh i don't know what's happening in bushwick i just know that there are bar shows and uh they're not that fun <laughs> you see yourself being in new york the rest of your life i uh i ideally would but uh it's hard to be in new york and not be rich uh, so I need to be a lot wealthier if I want to be here for the rest of my life. Is your family all in Washington, Seattle? In Seattle? Yeah, the Seattle suburbs. Your immediate family or like your cousins Immediate well? family, cousins, everyone that, all of my family members that are in the United States are in Seattle. You moved here specifically for comedy though. Yeah. But I, I also uh, l love the people that I have here more than I love anyone that I've had before. Is that through comedy though? Through comedy. Because I think the, uh, like New York is a place. It's a lot of transplants, a lot of people that left everything that they loved before to follow this dream. And those are my people. Why do you think that's different than LA though? Couldn't you kind of say the same thing about LA? You could. Uh, I think there's just more, uh, like it feels more authentic and genuine here, man. Perhaps well, I, can, I can maybe say that. I think so. I don't, I don't want to like uh dog LA in that way. Right. But I think when you talk about like comics and people hanging out, people congregating, getting yeah. together, you really do see that in the New York scene. You know, you yeah. see it at the comedy clubs in Gramercy park, union square, upper West side, wherever you see like comics congregate. And even if you're not on a show that specific night, people still show up and hang out. Yeah. And I think because people hang out so much, you get to see through facades very quickly. And plus like comics are very in tune. Like they can, uh, they, they smell bullshit pretty quickly. And so, uh, because we're spending so much time together, we're not just trying to network. We're getting to know the real person. So in that sense, like if we, if we saw each other way less then yeah, we could just like talk comedy business and, you know, talk about wins that we're having. 
But because we are spending real amount of time, like a real amount of time together, we're getting to know each other. And I think so. That's, I think, the difference with New York and L.A. Hanging out at comedy clubs in general, you know, you'll find out that a comic that you've worked with before maybe has a sore shoulder from that past week of working out, which is something you never know about someone when you just have like a baseline relationship or maybe they're pissed at their sister. You listen to maybe some of their new jokes when you've been around that specific comic for so long. You've seen them do 20 sets. You're like, oh, that thing is different. That's different. As opposed to maybe in an L.A., you see the same comic every three months, something like that just because yeah. there's only so many places you can go. Yeah. And there's, but there's the same amount of comics. It's still thousands of comedians, just way less. Spots. So how much time did you spend in LA when you were there? Um, so LA, I visited like maybe six times, I think. And I would just go for a week uh, every time. I'm going next Thursday to LA. So I'm bouncing around f- trying to find a few more spots, but I'll be out there vlogging and doing the podcast stuff. And I like LA for, like you said, those kind of crunch periods of a week or so. Yeah. Minnesota coming up shortly. <laughs> Besides Minnesota, do you have any other things you're looking forward to this fall? This Dude, fall? now that summer's over. What the shit? Oh, I can't believe it's almost over. Yeah. I, uh, so I'm, I'm trying to, uh, make a big pivot in the career, uh, in terms of like not, uh, working on the moving trucks anymore. So I'm working on, uh, like I'm just writing and trying to get in like the, there's no money in comedy. That's the, that's the truth about this. We, you have to do this for the love of the game or you should just like figure out how to get out of it. And so I'm going to stick with comedy, but with the knowledge that there's no money in this, I have to figure out how to, how to pivot a little bit. So I'm trying to, uh, like get better writing for TV, uh, like submitting packets and all that stuff. So, yeah. You mentioned free, write. I remember an English class in high school and then also sophomore and junior year. I was a journalism major. So we did kind of a lot of the free, write. And I remember I used to not like to do it. What makes you kind of free, write on a daily basis where you're comfortable just putting your thoughts on paper? I, uh, I bought that book, The Artist's Way, and then I read like the first six pages and then I haven't opened it again. <laughs> the Artist's Way was just like put everything on paper. So The Artist's Way was uh, one of the, the main activities that they that that book promotes. And uh, that artist, I forget what her name is, um, is uh, morning pages. So every day you write three pages, uh, handwritten. Uh, ju- all you're doing is putting words on the page. No, no agenda at all. And so um, I do this because uh, I think uh, I get a lot of like potential premises out of this. Um, I think there's also it helps me organize my thoughts, my day. Like uh, I always write a to do list in the free write. It's like, oh, I should do this, this, you know. Um, And then that meanders into some other thought. And there's like just the fact that like I've noticed that I don't uh, I live alone now. And, uh, you live alone, right? There's yeah, no nobody here. here. Right? Just you, bro. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, now that I live alone, I've noticed that I use my brain way less because I'm not interacting with people all the time. So like, I'm constantly just turning my brain off to like watch TV or con- turning my brain off to, and looking at my phone. And there's no like actual thoughts that are occurring. These free rights make me engage with something and make me think for uh, usually takes like 40 minutes for me to get through this. So uh, every day I've got 40 minutes of actual thinking and who knows what. And like comedy comes from thoughts. 
it's all just dumb ideas or dumb thoughts. And then it turns into something else. And then next thing you know, like you've written out the, the entire joke. Is that like your meditation kind of, it is kind of meditation. I've also been trying to learn, like, uh, put meditation back into my schedule. Uh, I did earlier, like maybe an hour and a half ago. I took a nap earlier today and I'll, I consider that kind of meditation. I go to the gym as much as I can. Uh-huh. And then also like a couple of days a week, I'll just take a nap. I'll lie down and be like, oh, I'm not that tired, but then I'll just doze off for 20 minutes. I'll wake up just super energized. Yeah. Put the little mask on my face. I've been doing that. You got recently. the mask. Yeah. I got the mask for like the past, uh, or it's not like a fancy mask. It's just sure. like over your eyes. Whatever. I got the mask for a little bit, but then I, I got a cheap one. And it like, you can feel like I, and I didn't even notice it until I started reading reviews. Uh, and they're like, you know, it's, it's a little too, t- like, there's a little too much pressure on like your forehead or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, you gotta loosen that puppy up. It's, it, well, it, there was no like uh strap it, yeah. or the, so I, I was like, uh, after I read the reviews, I like, uh, I don't know, this may be like a week into already having it. And I was like doing fine. <laughs> with the mask it's just like second thought and then now i'm like i can't stop thinking about the pressure on my forehead <laughs> i hadn't put on those masks like my dad has always been telling me how he's been using it for years like the sun will wake him up whatever at 7 a.m he'll put it back on and he'll be able to go to sleep for like another hour or something like that and i've noticed that that does help especially when it does get too bright in the apartment yeah. something like I, that. uh well i've got uh blackout blinds let's go and blackout curtains on top of the oh, blinds. wow dude you're good yeah uh, everywhere else in my apartment, uh, like all the other rooms are like well lit and everything. That one, my bedroom, like, uh, it, it actually gets a lot of morning light, but I got the, those blackouts. You've made it in New York when you have a lot of light coming into your apartment. Yeah. You see, we have the trash bit right here, so I don't get, but this is the only outdoor cause my window in the front doesn't open. Does it's that like, go to it's broken? That goes street? to the street. Yes. This goes to the trash bit and then like four stories up. There's like a... Uh, just a hole for air not like a hole for air but you know yeah. airflow air pit whatever airflow you know yeah. <laughs> yeah they need they need the airflow wilfred what else is coming up for you that's exciting you want to tell the viewers and listeners and please shout out your instagram bro uh well it's at wilfred padua i don't know what's exciting about i'm just i'm kind of just thrilled in general like I'm, I just started Great. taking uh, antidepressants. No, let's um, go. <laughs> I'm, I'm like feeling motivated more than ever. Like, I feel like, uh, I, I'm accomplishing more. And so I'm more excited about like my potential artistically than I am about like whatever the fuck shows I've got coming up. Since I met you, you've seemed like you've grown a lot, which is great. Yeah, I'm like three inches taller. Amazing. Dude, <laughs> Wilfred Padua on the freaking podcast. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Rate, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs>